Hey, welcome to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. We're excited today. We've got an amazing guest, Shayla Visser from Vancouver in Canada. And today on this show, we're going to be talking about digital evangelism. And we want to explore a little bit about is there a future for it post lockdown? Hey, my name's Dave. And I'm Nathan. And we're the host of the Church Explained podcast. And today we've got a very special guest with us, Shayla Visser. What a great name that is. So, hey, <laughs> welcome, <David>. Shayla. <laughs> great to have you here. So, you're the National Director of Alpha Canada, Global Senior Vice President of Alpha International, and you've been involved in uh, Youth Alpha, the Youth Alpha film series. And uh, you're involved on a few different boards as well. So you got some important things that you're doing, and we want to find out about you. We're going to be talking on the subject of digital evangelism mm. and around sort of those areas. So before we kick into the sort of formal questions, let's find out a little bit about you, Shayla. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your role, and uh, a little bit maybe even about your family. Uh, thanks, uh, David. I'll just say that I'm based in Vancouver, Canada. Wow. So if you have to think about where you want to be during a pandemic, it really is Vancouver. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Mountains, ocean. It's fabulous. I live here with my husband. We've been married 22 years. We have two dogs. We got one of those pandemic puppies. I don't know if wow. you had that thing in the <laughs> UK. Know. We got it here. Everybody seems to have a puppy. And uh, I have been out on the West Coast of Canada for over 25 years now, but I grew up in central Canada, which is about Toronto area. And I grew up in an immigrant family. So both my mom and my dad were born in India and wow. immigrated here before I was born. So that brings all sorts of interesting backgrounds that my mom is actually English, but born in India. Oh, so man. home for her was Hampshire, just outside of Winchester. Mm-hmm. So wow. my family is global and we love the world. Wow. <laughs> my, uh, my brother, who is uh, behind the camera, he got a pandemic puppy as well. Oh, that's right. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely it's a, a thing. thing. It's a it's, real thing. Yes. Well, I have to say my wife's been asking for one for the last six months <laughs> and I keep saying, hey, let's wait to the summer and we'll see what happens after the summer. <laughs> so it may or it may You're postponing happen. it. You're like pushing it off further yeah. and further. Yeah, yeah because uh, it's the type of dog she wants. You know, she's wanting uh, like a greyhound type dog oh. or, or oh, yeah, gosh. one of those types. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, hey, but listen, great to have you on the podcast and uh, great to have you sharing a little bit about yourself. As you say, Vancouver, beautiful place to live as part of BC, isn't that right? British, is that British that's Columbia? Right. That's that, right. That's the mountains and the places to be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exciting. So we want to talk a little bit about um, digital evangelism. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things we've been thinking about really, does it really work? I suppose a lot of people are asking, does digital evangelism really work? What's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. It really works. I think during this pandemic, everybody has realized, oh my goodness, like I can reach different people than I've ever reached before. And it's because we all have relationships that don't live near us. So David, you said, you know, earlier before we started recording that you're from Belfast. Well, that's not where you live now, but you have relationships there. You have family, you have friends, et cetera. Same with me. I do not live where I grew up. I do not live where I went to university. I do not live where I got my first job. And so I have these relationships where 
they've built into me, I've built into them for 20 plus years. And I've never been able to invite them to church, to Alpha, to whatever I'd like to invite them to, to investigate Christianity until the pandemic, because now I don't have to be really local with people I invite. I can be global. They could live in the U.S. They can live um, in other parts of Canada. In fact, I ran an alpha online starting in February and we had three different time zones on our alpha just because I had deep relationships with people I wanted to invite. And the pandemic allowed us to think differently about how we would do digital evangelism. So I'm a practitioner, like I've actually seen it in my own life and with my own relationships, but then I've seen it as I've helped both Alpha Canada and then globally, we've seen how effective it's been during the season. I think it was a trick we were missing, that Mm. there was a lot of people that we already had relationship with that we could evangelized by being online and thinking through digital evangelism. I think the problem, David, that I've seen is people think digital evangelism means I've posted something on social media that says, I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. Come to my event. (laughs) And they think that's digital evangelism. That's not digital evangelism. That's kind of like the megaphone screaming at someone. Um, Where we need to think through engagement and relationship online for digital evangelism. So you mentioned about Alpha there, Shayla, and um, obviously going online. Were there any, um, before you went online, were there any like skepticism or will this work? Will it not work? Like beforehand, was there like, you know, I'm not sure Alpha will work, but then you've got success stories from it. Oh, all of us thought it wouldn't work. Like, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) we were like, it'll never work. It's terrible. We really believe in an embodied experience. We want to be together around a table. We love food together. We love the chatting and getting to know one. I mean, we are full embodiment ministry. And all of a sudden, it's like that was ripped out of our hands. And I think it was done lovingly by the Holy Spirit to say to us, you know, there's an opportunity here you've missed. And in, in pivoting so quickly in March of 2020 to Alpha Online, we were shocked. I think we were skeptical. Um, Some courses finished online that had started in person. And we were like, okay, well, they already had relationship. Maybe that's why it worked. But then when we started to um, see Alpha start having never met in person and those take off, well, we were really surprised. But we got worried when it came to the Alpha weekend, which, as you know, is when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we do Mm -hmm. prayer ministry And we have this amazing opportunity to minister to people uh, who want to be prayed for. And we thought, well, this is going to be interesting. And, you know, God just reminded us, the Holy Spirit's not limited by Zoom, regardless of what you humans may think. (laughs) And we just watched as people got filled with the Holy Spirit, came to know Jesus, and it was just unbelievable. And when I did my Alpha uh, weekend in March which uh, of this year, which ended up being like, you know, an extended few hours together with some works. I mean, I just watched as people wept, people who weren't Christians who just said, who is this Holy Spirit? Like, who is this God that would show up in my living room or at my kitchen table on a Sunday evening when I least expected it has to be God? Who else would it be? You can't have done anything. You didn't come to my house, but God did. So it's amazing. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and we've got a, a great story of a, a girl, one of our campus pastors actually used to work with her and she just joined our uh, online alpha, made a decision. Now she's in an online connect group at the moment, but in a connect group, connecting to a campus, like 
you know, amazing. And, you know, I'm just, you know, just thinking maybe that wouldn't have happened because of her geography. Maybe that wouldn't have happened um, if we weren't online. And so it, it's an incredible opportunity for people. Yeah, I think we forget that in the world we live in today, not only is there a global urbanization, people are moving into the major cities of the world, yeah. but we forget that people don't live in the community that they were born into. And therefore they have all these this relational equity. And when you think about digital evangelism, it's both super local, it's your neighborhood, mm. and it's the people you're getting to know on your street or around you. And then you've got this global opportunity. So it's like God said to us, hey, you've talked about neighboring, those of you in church world and evangelism work, you've talked about neighboring, loving your neighbor. What does that look like? Caring about the needs of your community, all yeah. excellent. Yeah. But I think we just miss the fact that so many of us have relationships that are all over the world that we've never been able to invite them to something, yet we have relational equity. So I, I think that's happening everywhere. All the stories we hear yeah. is um, people are inviting others that they've known for a long time, just never had a chance to before. Amazing. Yeah, and as like Nathan said, we've had some success yeah. stories here at Icon Church where you know not only have people become Christians, mm -hmm. but a little bit like yourself, when it came to the away day, which wasn't really an away day in the sense it was like maybe a Saturday morning, I think our guys roll it. Yeah. But again, people, same experience. People were touched by the Holy Spirit. People experienced God yeah. in a fresh way. Mm -hmm. You know, the, I remember the guys posting yeah. and, and letting us know actually that the Holy Spirit was working in people's lives. And so it, it is pretty amazing stuff. And I, I, maybe just picking up on what you were saying there, Shelley, was the fact that maybe we had been missing an opportunity all this time, which was in front of us. And, and actually, yeah. this currency we've been in has forced us to think differently and do things differently. Uh, so I think it's pretty amazing. I, I know there was a big study done, wasn't it, with the Barna Group in America. Yeah. And I'd been thinking of that a little bit. The, the time worker, well, th those guys do an amazing job. Some of the stats they bring out and some of the research those guys do is amazing. Mm. And I was trying to think, well, how does some of that um, how does it work in, let's say, the UK or Europe? What would be your thoughts on some of the findings? Do you think there is a, an yeah. overlap there? Well, I think you guys are going to find this really interesting because I was interviewed by an American podcast who looked at the same research and found it because it's really about millennials and primarily Gen Z yeah. or those that are sort of 22 and under. And what do they think about digital evangelism, Christian and non-Christian? And there's some really interesting stats. But here's what differentiates perhaps Canadians and Brits or Europeans from the Americans is they said, you know, the vast majority of people aren't open to digital evangelism that would consider themselves non-Christian. Mm. And they said it's only 14% that are high openness. Wow. And so when I was being interviewed by an American, they're like, you know, that's really not very good. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, if yeah, yeah. any church leader in Canada knew there was a fishing pond of people that were highly open to the gospel, 14%. Mm, I wow. said, honestly, it's such a different perspective in my country, which is likely the same as the UK. We would be like running to that fishing hole. We'd Absolutely. be like, what? There's 14% of our population. And so we've just taken that in Canada and said, look at church. This is and a huge opportunity where the Americans are like, well, you know, it's a little wow. disappointing. <laughs> wow. 
we're much more secular. So yeah. I thought that was super interesting mm. that Gen Z 14% have a high openness. Mm. So it really behooves us to think about what does digital evangelism look like for that generation? So that was one of the really interesting stats. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, I find that interesting as well. And the same idea came to my mind, uh, you know, I was saying to Nathan before yeah. we started on the podcast today, we had 14% who said they were interested, we'd be jumping for joy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm sure there is people out there, but like the stats in the UK are, are much, much lower yeah. than, than what we're used to. Do you know what I mean? So I think definitely yeah. this scope there. I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Nathan. Go ahead. No, go for it. Well, I was going to say the other interesting stat is that 60% of millennials and 67% of Gen Z were looking for coaching and training on how to do evangelism online. Mm. And for, for so many people, we think, okay, millennials not interested, Gen Z really not interested. In, in North America, we call them the nuns and duns. Mm. They've left the church. They're not interested. Uh, but what we have seen in this research with Barna is that actually the Christians that are committed are saying, hey, we need coaching and equipping. We don't know yeah. how to do this. Help us. Yeah. And I wonder how many of us in the church are really thinking about what does it mean to equip that generation yeah. to um, do evangelism. We just are about to release some research in Canada that we've done with Barna. And Canada is a lot more like the UK in terms of secularism mm. than it is the US. And what we saw here is Gen Z, Christian Gen Z, what is the number one emotion that they have when they think about evangelism and sharing their faith with their friends? Calm. Wow. That is not, you know, you think of boomers, you think of not their first word, but with Gen Z, they feel calm about it. So can you imagine you've got a generation of Christians that feel calm because they feel like it's a dialogue. They, they're very relational. Mm. They just need coaching and equipping. This is a massive opportunity. So I think the research is very helpful for the church. We just have to come about it a bit differently. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, you know, just being a youth pastor myself in the church, I think it is one of the areas that we do need to look at in terms of digital evangelism and how do we equip a generation to reach their friends online, um, reach people who they're even gaming with um, from across the world. How how do we do that? So just kind of moving up, moving on a little bit or, you know, tying that in, what are the benefits of digital evangelism versus kind of like the in-person evangelism? And, you know, is it either or, or is it, you know, actually it's and, and we do both. Yeah, I think it's both and truthfully, Nathan, because we have to think about where are we going to reach people? Well, we want to reach people where they are. And that happens to be online right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to decrease just because the pandemic mm. is, you know, the countries are opening up. I know the UK is more open than Canada right now, as an example. But that doesn't mean that digital is going away. I think we just have to do both, you know, have digital church, digital evangelism, and in-person. And the idea is always to bring people into the in-person, but to go out to the edges to pull them in, Mm. um, I think is really important. And knowing that 14% of Gen Z are are highly interested in an online conversation means it's worth staying there and being activated in it. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a great answer, actually. It's it's good to realize that people 
are going to stay online. They're not. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. They're still going to be involved on online activities, mm. and especially, especially like young people, mm. they spend yeah. most of their, most of their <laughs> lives online, don't they? Yeah. So it's good to be thinking yeah. of that rather than uh, as Nathan Nathan was saying there, one or the other. It's mm. almost the genius of the and that this has opened up for us now. And and I, th- and I think a lot of churches should be, I, I would say, they should be grateful really that uh, organizations like Alpha exist. And they've produced, uh, I would say, um, resources that are such high quality. Yeah. I think that's one of the things. Like I, I love the, the, you know, we use the the film series, and 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 actually the quality of the how they're done is so much better. I mean, I, obviously we're used to Alpha in the UK. We've run it in the sense of inner church buildings when you. Used, you used to just have a booklet or you had a, a videotape of just Nicky Gumbel on his own. <laughs> and, and that worked in certain settings, but not in all settings. Mm. So the fact that the, the, the materials we have now and churches have, they're, they're such high quality uh, and they're Thank so you. useful, aren't they, to resource people yeah, as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, we're always trying to reimagine because, you know, for us, it's not about Alpha. I think you probably know there in the UK yeah. that mm. Nikki Gumbel says as soon as Alpha stops working, we're done with it. Yeah, yeah. And I feel the exact same because it's about Jesus, right? That's what we're in for. Yeah. We're in for Jesus. We want people to meet Jesus. We want to be activated in evangelism and we want to put our best foot forward. So with our partners around the world, with our best thinking staff, with creative um, people that come on and join us, we want to present the gospel in such a way that it reaches this next generation. So thanks for the compliment. And we're going to keep doing all we can to produce resources like that. No, it's amazing. Like a little question. If you were to sit sit with a church leader and you were to kind of talk to them about uh, like what they needed to do to engage in digital evangelism, what would you advise them to do? Can I take one step back, Nathan, and say, what would it mean just to be engaged in evangelism? Uh, Because I know that it's a real struggle for most church leaders. And the best definition I've heard is from my friend, Daryl Johnson. He's an author. He's a theologian, teaches at Regent College here in Vancouver, and is also a local pastor. And he gave me the best definition I've ever heard. It comes primarily out of John 15 and 16, but you can find it in lots of different passages in the Gospels. But his definition is evangelism is joining a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. Wow. I want to say that again. Evangelism evangelism is joining a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. Wow. So regardless of it being online, like digital Mm. or in person, we are trying to activate ourselves to join what the Father's doing through the work Mm. of the Spirit. And so I'm really passionately committed to trying to re-engage a whole generation of people who are a bit suspicious of evangelism. Like they're like, I don't want to throw thrust my opinions on someone else. I want to do this very relationally. And we say yes and amen, because the Trinity is relational. They always come at us relationally and we want to do the same. But I think we've forgotten that whether you're digital or in person, the first one into the conversation is the Holy Spirit. The last one out of the conversation is the Holy Spirit. You are never alone. You cannot ruin someone's salvation (laughs) because the Holy Spirit loves Jesus more than you do. And he's always glorifying Jesus more than you are. So in that case, I I just wanted to say that first, Nathan, because I really think the church, particularly gauge all the laity on what does it mean to participate in evangelism Mm. and really 
uh, understand it biblically so that when we go out there, we don't feel like if I wreck this invitation, mm-hmm. it's so done. And I'll give you one example. I said to the Lord when I was going to start my alpha online, I said, Lord, I have my little list of three people I'm going to invite, <laughs> but if there's anyone else you want me to invite, sure. would you please tell me, would you please give me a nudge or a picture or put their name in my head. And he did. And so the first person he named was my friend, Christine. We went to university with, she lives in Toronto. So quite far distance from me. I called her and I invited her and she said, yes. And can I bring some friends? Wow. And you know what? I remembered at that moment, I was like, yep. See, the Holy Spirit's giving me that name. The Holy Spirit's saying to me, Shayla, here's where I'm at work. Here's who's ready for an invitation. So I, whenever the Holy Spirit prompted me for a two week period, I'd invite them. Well, he gave me one last name and I was like, nope, not inviting her. (laughs) Jewish lawyer, uh, never had a Christian conversation. We've been very close friends for 25 years. That's a no go zone. Right. And she lives in a part of the country that there's a lot of Bible belt people that are very, you know, would come across not so winsome with their work colleagues. (laughs) That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) And And I'm like, I'm not inviting her. Like, it's just too difficult. But I kept feeling the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And finally, I had my community group praying for me to be courageous. I mean, I run Alpha Canada and I'm praying for my community group to pray, please, that I would invite this woman. And I finally did. But it was because she texted me on a Monday morning. My Alpha started Tuesday night. Monday, I gave the worst text invitation you've ever heard. Uh, I would like to invite you to join Alpha. I know that you're Jewish. I know that you find Christians very offensive mostly. I'm sure that you don't want to come. You're so busy. You're moving. Like It was basically like, let me give you all the reasons in my head you should say no. Mm. And and you know what? She texted me back and said, I can't believe that you were scared to invite me. I'd like to come. Wow. And it just reminded me, the more we're attuned to the Holy Mm. Spirit, the more we engage in evangelism. So the Holy Spirit leads us into digital evangelism. The Holy Spirit leads us into in-person evangelism. Mm. It is at the end of the day, a sensitivity to the spirit and to be opportunistic for the sake of the the gospel. So I don't think that quite got at the heart of it, Nathan. So feel free to ask me again, like if you need, want something else out of it, but I did want to start at that position and come in to understand evangelism a little bit more clearly and help re-engage a laity that's not as convinced as we'd like them to be. No, I think, I think definitely, I think, you know, it's just good, you know, if that, that was the thing you'd say to a church leader. I think, you know, even just now, like it's inspired me to think of people that, you know, even I've been praying for, but to keep praying for and to keep believing the Holy Spirit's at work and doing that and to join with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing in a person's life rather than, you know, I I, you say this to young people, I'm not the savior, but I might be the invitation to the savior. And taking that pressure off that it's all on me, it's all on me. And it's yeah. it's very similar that, you know, like, yeah, want to join with what the Holy Spirit's doing. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And mm. I think it's just a great idea and um, quite liberating, I think, for a lot of people, not just church leaders, but whoever's listened to this mm. podcast, like this idea that that we can't really wreck someone's salvation <laughs> moment. You know what I mean? All, all we need to do is be open and... And even if you do a really bad job at it, like, as you said, that text, I'm not saying that was a really bad job by any means, <laughs> but it wasn't, as you say, your best moment. But God still uses it. And I think I think once we have that in our mind and get away from this idea, I need to have the perfect words, the perfect sentence, the perfect yeah. way to invite someone, because I don't think there is one. 
I think it's just having, as you say, Shayla, that uh, ready for those opportunities because opportunities mm -hmm. are all around us yeah. all the time. And I think if we are open to those opportunities, then actually we can see some amazing stories happening really in people's lives. So mm. I think you did answer it very well. Just yeah. looking for being open to the Holy Spirit yeah. and looking for those opportunities. Yeah. And I think of most, not just church leaders, but of most people were to do that, who are followers of Jesus, actually they'd probably see a lot more miracles taking place, I think, even in their lives mm. and through their lives. Yeah, yeah very good. That's right. And and that's why most days when I remember, I think the simplest prayer we can pray, of course, is come Holy Spirit. But I say, Holy Spirit, let me join you in what you're doing around yeah. me today. And it just gives me a different set of eyes, a different set of ears to actually be attuned. And I, I say the work of evangelism is all is often listening in two directions. Mm. One is to the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit's saying, and the second is to the people around you. But it takes time. We, as leaders, we have to slow our own lives down a little bit sure. so that we can have ears in two directions. Mm -hmm. Very good. So, Shelley, we're talking a little bit about there, about this idea that uh, as Alpha and as the team, whether in Canada or globally, you're always doing new things or trying to think of new ideas. So I wonder if you could just share with uh, the listeners today or people watching on YouTube or wherever they find the content, a little bit about your process, because I've heard you talk a little bit about the hypothesis model, and I find it really interesting, and I think our listeners will find it interesting. So when you come to do a new idea, can you just share a little bit about that? Because I think it'll help people. Mm. Yeah, I got this concept from the Lean Startup by Eric Reese, and it's really a hypothesis testing. And really in this season, I'm so glad we started doing it prior to COVID so that when COVID hit, we were like, okay, let's just dig deeper into this, which is build, measure, learn, rebuild, measure, learn. And you have this cycle going. Mm -hmm. And in this season where we don't know what the church is going to look like when we come out and we open up more, uh, we don't know who's coming back, who's not. I mean, church leaders have so many questions, right? About their what their church will look like. Yeah. And as you're doing it, you've just got to continue this innovation cycle of we built something, we measured, we knew what we were measuring, we've evaluated, learned from it, and then we're either going to stop it entirely because it was a failure or we're going to keep going. But I think we just have to have so many hypotheses tests going. And for Alpha, we have them at the highest you know, levels of around thinking through product, but then we also choose much higher risk, obviously, mm. and much more costly. But then we have lots of little ones on how we can best digitally support churches. How can we best pray? What's the best church engagement to, to help churches realize we're here to serve them? And so that build, measure, learn cycle is absolutely um, the most significant thing I've done in my leadership at Alpha Canada to, to help the team realize you, you, we've got to try new things. We've got to be attentive to the spirit and he's teaching us new things. So build, measure, learn really has worked for us and I think is going to be super fruitful going forward. It's a great concept, that build, is, measure, yeah. learn. Um, let, let's try and draw it a little bit because I'm just thinking of church leaders. Um, some people may be thinking, well, I need to hear the voice of God before I do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a danger. I think that's the problem that many churches then don't grow, they don't develop because they're sitting waiting for God to say something. And I think by and large, God's already said it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think if th this idea of build, measure, learn, it, it allows churches or leaders to be a bit more innovative 
and a bit yeah. more creative mm. with what they can do and and to have the courage if something doesn't work mm. you've done your build measure learn and you've learned this isn't working yeah. hey let's stop it um and and let's do something else yeah. and I, I suppose that's a great model uh to begin to use can you give me an example of how you've used that then in sure. alpha and and you know alpha canada or global well, you know, I'll give you an example, actually, from a few different churches in Canada that have used this in their context. When the pandemic hit and they couldn't run Alpha, like centrally, right? Big yeah. meal, big group gathering, a couple hundred people or 50 people. They had to think through, what does this mean now for us in our context? And so they decided to do pilots of, okay, out of a community group, home group, Bible study, whatever you want to call it, we're going to make those people an Alpha small group and they're going to invite their friends. And one of our churches that we work with, Coastal Church, has um, hypothesized that, tried it out early on in the pandemic. It's been so successful that even to today, they're still running Alpha through their small groups. And they said more people are coming to faith. Because Alpha's not run centrally, it's run through small groups in their church. They have 15 Alphas running right now. And they said the number of people they've baptized or will be baptized soon is incredible and much more fruitful than running Alpha centrally. And so they said they love it because the lay people got engaged with evangelism. And it wasn't just the same people inviting their friends Mm. to a central Alpha. So I think that's one example of they tried it small, they tried in a couple, it worked, they learned some things, and then they rolled it out bigger and bigger. And so it's like you always try to do a smaller hypothesis, learn from it, and go forward. There's no such thing as a failed hypothesis because you learn something. Even if you're not going to go forward with that strategy, however large or small, you've learned something that's teaching and equipping you on how to move forward. And you might try a completely different hypothesis because that one didn't work. But you've learned something, and that's really important, particularly now. So just to help uh, listeners again, tell us the name of the book. It's called The Lean Startup by Eric Reese, and I think it's spelled R-E-I-S. Yeah, we'll put it in the the show notes so people can find that. So, hey, we've got a few more questions for you. I hope you're okay. It's great just to chat with you. We we do want to say it is early for you, 8.30 in the morning, or maybe just slightly after, and later in the day for us. So if you're looking fresher. It's not too early. It's not too early. I've already been to the gym. (laughs) Hey, we're we're pleased about that. But listen, if you're looking fresher than us, that is why we're trying to explain to people if we're at the end of the day and we've worked hard. You know what it is. Okay, so listen, post-lockdown, I mean, we're, we're, I think churches and church leaders were at the stage now where we're almost at the other side of, I suppose, the pandemic. We're, we're on the move of beginning to do services. Yeah. We're involved in service. And I think we had a question around, like, well, what does digital evangelism look like post-lockdown? Let's say we're back to normal, if there is such a thing. We're mm. back to... I suppose, running our services. Where, where does digital evangelism fit in then, do you think? Do you think Alpha will continue with the online stuff as well? Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely will continue with online. I think it's, I'll just say coming out of the pandemic, I think if we think about the analogy of being fishers of men and women, yeah. right, young and old, you go to the fishing holes. Yeah. And you find the right fishing holes. I like that. And yeah. I think as we come out of the pandemic and whatever the different types of coming out look like, 
I think we have to ask ourselves, how do we, first of all, engage our laity again in the work of evangelism if they weren't already? But then secondly, where? Where is the fishing hole for that person, that mm. small group, mm. your congregation? Is it really super local because you've done so much local support during the pandemic of feeding the hungry, um, really taking care of widows and orphans in your community, meeting so many practical needs that you feel like actually a local embodied alpha is the right way? Or is it online? And then if it's online, then how, how will that look? I think both will exist. I think it's because we're always thinking about where are we fishing? Mm. And for me, I just know I have relationships all over the world and all over the country. Why would I just stick to my neighbors? I will try and evangelize my neighbors and do everything I can, but I'm also going to want my friends to meet Jesus who live far away. So I think it's both. I also think, um, you know, as we come out of this, we have to be thinking about what role um, does engagement look like online? And we have to be so careful in digital evangelism that we don't leave spiritual orphans out there. It's not just run alpha online. Thank you for coming. Glad you met Jesus. Hope you come to our church on Sunday on the online service or in person. But it has to be thought through what is the follow-up because digital evangelism requires a longer tail of involvement digitally before they're willing to get into a local community. So just be careful when you're in digital evangelism that you think through discipleship, the early stages of it, so that people um, can really engage and understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We do not want spiritual orphans running around post-alpha. No. Uh, great answer that, eh? Really, really great and really practical for uh, church leaders to begin to think about and um, to begin to think about what what does that future look like going yeah. forward for us as a church? How does that look for us going forward? Um, one thing I wanted to kind of think about in terms of the future as well is you mentioned, obviously, um, you know, people wanting coaching you know, training on digital evangelism. Do you think that's something in the future that actually, or even not in the future, like now, that we need to be thinking, okay, what does this look like and how do we help our people to do this? And is there anything out there that, you know, might help people to get involved in that? Yeah, I think um, coaching and equipping and training has always been so important for every part of the Christian life, right? It's not just evangelism, it's every part. But I do think there's a particular opportunity coming out of COVID during COVID that we haven't seen in a number of decades, which is a culture that's really hurting, a culture that's really asking very profoundly meaningful questions. Mm. And so we need to have a church that's ready to engage those questions. Mm. So the coaching and equipping and training is so important of the laity because it's not just the pastor that's going to have these, have these conversations. It's not the person at the front who's going to try and address it. Mm. Actually, when you think about it, it's going to happen at the workplace. It's going to happen on your zoom call when people are waiting for the zoom call to start, it's going to happen. Um, when you're walking your dog and you run into your neighbor, those are the places where these conversations are going to happen because there's relational equity, there's conversation, there's relationship happening. And so I just think when we are thinking about the future, we really have to be thinking about how do we equip them to open up those conversations? Because likely most people have gone through some sort of trauma 
depression, mental struggles, um, disappointments, losses over the last year and a half. And they need a safe place to talk. And so how are we equipping our people to be, first of all, great listeners? And then how do we teach them how to love well? And love includes an invitation. It always will. It always does. I like that phrase. That's a great phrase. Love yeah. uh, includes an invitation. And it has to be there, doesn't it? That invitation mm. in, the, in the people's lives. And I think just picking up a little bit about what you said, Shayla, was the fact that it's not only the church leader who has those global relationships, but mm. actually people who are in the church have lots of different relationships. So... Just in my mind, I'm thinking if churches miss out on the opportunity of digital evangelism, if we want to call it that, Mm -hmm. then they're missing out in so many relationships that they've already built over the years where they can connect them to God. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for us to keep that in mind and for church leaders to keep that in mind as well, that actually, hey, you know, it's not just about them, but it's actually about people in the church Mm -hmm. as well. They've got all those relationships already and, and we got to help people connect those people towards God, don't we? Yeah, it's so important. And I just think the coaching and equipping, you know, I think people are going to be reluctant to do a course on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> One yeah. wants to do a course. <laughs> yeah. Um, got to call it something else, you know, don't we? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But we did create a resource out of Canada that Alpha has made available globally, not just through our national office here called LifeShare. And it really is trying to get at the heart of this. It features um, John Tyson from New York City, Danielle Strickland from here in Toronto, and Jay Pathak from the US. And they're all talking about how do we live this neighboring, loving lifestyle. And we just need to supplement it with what does that mean online? But that could be a resource that church leaders say, hey, Life Shared would be great for our small groups to talk about, particularly coming out of the pandemic when we need to really lean in to listen and love. Fantastic. So just thinking of, uh, we're down to our final question here. What what else is Alpha developing? What what, what have you got in the pipeline? We're a little (laughs) bit nosy, if we're honest, because we want to be ahead of the curve. So is there anything in particular you guys are developing? Uh, I know you've said this uh, particular course as well, uh, you know, with John Tyson, and I think people will pick up on that. Anything else? Yeah, I'll just say that we are already activated in creating our new resources, the next Alpha Film Series, the next Alpha Youth Series. I mean, we are really, really motivated to how can we engage, equip, and help serve churches as they reach the next generation. Now, that always takes a while to come out, so don't be asking me, like, when. (laughs) It's not this year. It takes a couple years for the product to come together. But I'm particularly passionate about teenagers and probably, like you, Nathan, like, just want to see that generation raised up to love the Lord and to reach their friends because they're actually relationally terrific at at evangelism. They know how to do it um, in a perhaps even better way than most of us. They just need to be coached and equipped. So I would say that our next um, Alpha Youth Series and some other resources that we're looking to put out by September uh, will be really great Great. to serve and equip the church to reach the next generation. Mm. Fantastic. Well, listen, it's been so good to chat with you today on the Church Experience Podcast. Nathan's going to wrap up for us in a moment. But is there anything else you want to just share with people? Anything that's in your mind? You think, I just want to say that. uh, Did you like to share with the church leaders? Yeah, I just want to remind you that the good news is still great. It's still powerful. 
it's still so impactful. And I know it sounds funny to say that to church leaders, but somehow in the weariness of leading, we forget that there's power in the name of Jesus and that when we get an opportunity to share him with others, it awakens something in us and in them. I think evangelism is both the the gift for us as Christians, as well as the gift for those that don't know Jesus. So join him, join the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in the world. It is an exciting time to be leading in the church. That's amazing. Shayla, how would uh, people who want to connect with you, how would they be able to connect with you? Are you on Instagram, social media, all of that? Yep, I am. It's pretty easy to find me on Instagram. I'm at Shayla Visser. I'm on Twitter, but I don't post very often. <laughs> and uh, LinkedIn seems to be a place where lots of church leaders, yeah. at least in North America, go. Wow. But I'm easy to find on social media and happy to hear from any church leaders that want to start a dialogue. That's amazing. Well, it's been great to be together on the Church Explained podcast. I want to thank Shayla for being with us and please do connect with her uh, wherever you can. And um, we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast. But before you go, you can rate, review, subscribe, do all of that uh, wherever you're consuming this content. And please check out icon.church forward slash open. The show notes will be on there. You'll be able to see all past episodes of the Church Explained podcast, plus also all the free resources that you can get for your church, for your teens in that. But we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast. That's a wrap. Ah, wonderful. <laughs>